Hey there. Welcome to the in-between. Feels like I haven't said that in a while. Um, yeah, we're uh, back here with uh, Paul McKenzie and Chris Legg, the, the original crew. That's right. Um, old school in it today. Old school in it today. You can pray for, for Colson. He's got COVID. Or he tested positive for COVID. I don't really... It's not that bad, evidently, is what he's saying. So that's great. Um, but you need to be praying um, not only for Colson but for me because we've got the men's retreat this weekend. And if he doesn't test negative on Friday, you got the. We're in retreat. trouble. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's going to be exciting. So that's cool. I'm super excited about this opportunity. That's right. That's what we say here. That's exactly right. Um, but I think, you know, everybody else is doing well around here, right? We don't have... Man, who knows? I mean, Andrew's it's better some, now. Somebody's sick every day, it seems like. Yeah. I guess we'll find out here in a little coughing. bit. We're about to have staff meeting, so... Yep. Yes, if Chris starts coughing, he does have some uh, <laughs> pre-unwrapped That's right. lozenges. <laughs> Just so he doesn't have to hear the crinkle. That's right. That's that's very thoughtful of you, Chris. I really appreciate it. Man, I am loving others as I want to be loved. That, that is fantastic. <laughs> um, well, speaking of loving others as you want to be loved, we have like a, a taste test. Is that we what's do. going on right dun, here in front dun, of me? Dun. So yeah, there is going to cool. be some crinkling. I'm sorry about that. And right. I'm probably going to chew into the microphone just for well, that's, Chris. This is, part of the, this is part of the episode. Speaking of crinkling, right here we go. Yep. All right, so we have I have three, three different types of good. Doritos. What I have are regular nacho cheese Doritos, as you would get in a like a multi pack. I have nacho Doritos that Rebecca picked up at a gas station, and the writing on them is all Spanish. Okay, and so. Where did, that if in the U.S. she picked it up? And yes, okay. and she's not told us yet where because she's holding on to the secret. This is a this is a power move. Okay, in Mexico. Yep, made in Mexico. Mex- yeah. Made in Mexico, made but in she Mexico. didn't pick them up in Mexico. That's what no. she's saying. Like no, she, she found them these here, here, local, but they were made in Mexico. And most valuably, mm-hmm. I have a bag of Doritos from Guatemala. Okay. Now those of you, those of you who are out there, and you can actually look this up online. This is an actual thing that the, the the nacho Doritos made in Guatemala are superior to other, and you can't get them. You can't get them shipped unless you know someone in Guatemala who buys it and ships it to you. Okay. Okay. All right. So I am going to I'm going to randomly I'm going to randomly put in uh, either USA. Mexico or Guatemala. Guatemala. I should have brought, like I said, a dice or something. Oh, my gosh. For each of you. Everybody got their palate cleanser? Paul, you got your Red Bull over there? That's right. I do. (laughs) Anybody who has ever thought of Red Bull as a palate cleanser, (laughs) I I just need to know. (laughs) Paul does have a messed up palate. Paul's like, you know what tastes really good? Werther's Originals and Black Licorice. Yep. You're right. Okay, then you're going to have to... I then y'all, y'all will have to decide what order to give them to me. Okay? Paul was Paul was born as a 75-year-old man. 
All right. Okay, Paul, close your eyes. Yep. This is going to be funny because this is like, you know, one of the earliest famous radio shows was actually um, a ventriloquist on the radio. Just stop thinking about that for a minute. <laughs> wait. Wait. <laughs> What? Yeah. So I'm telling them to close their eyes. Obviously, you who are listening to the podcast are just going to have no to believe this. to believe that that's what's happening. All right. Here we go. Here we go. I'm, I've gotten them. <laughs> it's, it's great. I love it. You're probably dying over there. but No, no. It's fine. It's totally fine. For a good cause. There you go. There is number one. I feel at a disadvantage because I, the only places that I have traveled are um israel and kenya and there's not this nacho cheese like <laughs> that's not a thing there thing there so like i paul and two? paul yep. and there's number two uh chris have tasted these before all right and number three <laughs> are you ready john not even a little bit all right close your eyes <laughs> One of the bags is a little crinklier. Well, no, it's just less. Uh... All right. Oh, <laughs> that's different. That made him happy. All right. Here's number two. Paul, do you have a guess at what order yours yeah, were? I do. Because it's a big part of this is can we tell two of them apart? There's no doubt that we can tell two two of them. We know we can. All right. So what do you what do you think the correct order was that you just got? I thought it was Guatemala, Mexico, U.S. Wow. Off. Nope. Way yep. off. <laughs> Actually, out of three, you got none correct. Perfect. <laughs> That's exactly what this should have been. Uh, um. Now you don't have much to compare to. Okay. So th- there was like um. The first one that you gave me almost had like a, a like a jalapeno y thing, and it it wasn't like a jalapeno. I don't, I don't know. It was like a. Now I got to try them back to. There was like a. There was like a. Uh-huh. Some the sort of peppery one? thing. Okay. Okay. Good. That I'm not used to tasting in a Dorito. Okay. Um, but I don't know if that's Mexico or Guatemala, but it's not the U.S. Okay. Okay. How about the second one? Was the second one special too? Or okay. was the third one special? I think the I think the uh, shoot. Now, I know we've got the fact you're like feel cheesy like, cheesy stuff on them. Well, yeah, and and like I, they do kind of run together a little bit. And it's hard. I would say the first one is stale. the only one. Are they stale? Yeah. Oh stale. no. Which which happens when you're there? Like you can go and open be, up a new bag and yeah, at a comienda and walk up and buy something and it is. Been there for okay. I pulled those from the very bottom of the of the bag. Maybe they're less. The only one that I know like was different was the first one. Yep. Okay, that's interesting because that was so for you. It was first one was Mexico. Yours was Mexico, USA, USA, Guatemala, Guatemala. Okay. Yours was Mexico, Guatemala, USA. Okay, so and I guessed I guessed USA on the Guatemala because they were because they're stale stale, and so they taste more. Can I have the Guatemala one? Because we're just going to be eating here for the rest for of the time, time. Just for, for the podcast. For a few minutes. Okay, there's some more. Okay, you got to you got to choose. You got to choose an order and give them to me. Mine. Okay, now that I know that they I haven't tried them yet. So, okay. No, you gave him an, um, him an unfair advantage here. We'll see. 
I, if you go down to the very bottom of the Guatemala bag, you've got the best shot. All right, here we go. That tastes like a Dorito. Oh, yeah. That's either the Guatemala or the Mexico. Wow. That's really good. That's clearly superior. Based on what you're telling me, I'm going to go so far USA, Mexico. That was actually not stale. So if that I'm guessing that was Guatemalan, but it wasn't stale. It was What'd you give him? That. And yeah. he got it in order. USA, USA, Mexico, Mexico Guatemala. Guatemala. The man, the Mexico you Guatemala are more similar than I thought than they you were. Thought they were. But the, that last you, that one's definitely still spicier. Like the are, Guatemalan was. Are you tasting though what I'm tasting? Like that there's some sort that's of like what, that's what makes it special. Yeah. yeah. That what you're describing, that's why when you go to Guatemala, everyone's like Hey, could you, you bring back it. some bags of? But I'm surprised that the Mexico one is as close. I'm gonna I'm gonna cleanse the palate here. <laughs> Hold on, let me let me get a real real taste for it. Yeah. I could I felt like I could taste, and maybe I couldn't taste as much on the Guatemala one because I just had the Mexico one. I'm one thinking that too. Yeah, but like I could, there was something else that, oh, it, yeah. and it wasn't even like I wouldn't even classify it as cheese. Like no, and and that's what it tastes like fresh pepper. So it's all, yeah. Re- yeah, it's all good. Every single one of them are good. Yep. And I think the what American ones and what the Mexican ones do, so the American ones still have this, like, chemical flavor to them. And, again, I'm not saying that in a negative, but it's it, you can tell, like, hey, this isn't man, you know, this is man-made. This isn't natural, mm. but it's good. These the are Mexican ones similar than I thought they were. ramp it up. I think yep. they take that chemical and add a spice, and it's ramped up. But the Guatemalan ones feel like, yeah, fresh peppers. Mm-hmm. I think it it feels like mm. it's less chemically. Yeah, I just but don't. Still good. I don't really taste the similarity between. I mean, there's the cheese, but like the 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 Mexico and the USA one. Like when I put the because he gave me the Mexico one first. Mm-hmm. When I put that in my mouth, I was like, "That's not." I wouldn't have said that was a nacho cheese Dorito. Right. Yeah. I would have said that was like, I don't know. They made some sort of like special. And, it, and one that I has more on the label, so it's nacho cheese would be American. Nacho is the Mexican one, mm-hmm. and bold nacho would be the translation of the Guatemalan one. Mm. There you go. But I'm, I am yeah. after trying them. You're the more Mexico pleased. one and the Guatemalan one are much more yeah. close than I thought they were. They are. They but taste I, they're still really a little good. different. They're still a little different. different. But they're both superior. They're both that better than ours. Yep. Because I, I mean, it's got to be that the, they're evoking some sort of like actual, like nacho cheese Doritos to me have always just been like they're the cheesy, like they call them nacho cheese, but it's just cheesy Doritos. I don't really think of like nachos whenever I'm putting them in my mouth. Yep, it is more like a nacho, like with some sort of yeah, with something on it, flavor on it. Yep, um, and yep. the other ones, that's crazy. They, they have are a Facebook page. They are clearly different, and they are superior. They have a Facebook page. <laughs> All right, let's get some traffic to the Facebook page. <laughs> Facebook.com slash Doritos Fiesta. Okay. Now, that's interesting because I think Doritos Fiesta is a flavor in America, and we've tested all yeah. the Doritos flavors in America against the Guatemalan one, and it's just there's no contest. The okay. Guatemalan one is just superior. <clears throat> Triangles of corn with 
flavor of queso and chili jalapeno would be the nacho atriba. Chili jalapeno. Atriba do. There you go. Yeah. So the Doritos Fiesta, that's what I thought, are the black bag in Here America. In America. And, and you've tasted those. Oh, yeah. We've compared. And it's not the same. No, it is not the same. It is not. It is the difference between feeling like you're eating something fresh, like, which, I, I mean, I know it's not. It's not like the Guatemalans are like, oh, these are freshly made Doritos. Like, I know that's not the answer. It's a Dorito. But, yeah. but man, it tastes like there's something fresh and special in it. And I know that's silly and special. Just a little advertisement. Anyway, okay. It's also so, one of those things when you go to another country and you're eating all these different foods. Yeah. Like, I remember having... Goat. And they expired in March yeah. of last year. <laughs> nice. I remember having a goat in Kenya and being like, this is the most amazing meat I have yes. ever had in my entire life. And it's because I hadn't had meat in 10 right. days. That's the uh, the old hunger is the best sauce. Oh, yeah. You know, if you're hungry, it's going to be good. All right, so All right. this Sunday... Yeah, this Sunday we have... Um, now uh, on to helpful things. <laughs> yeah, right. exactly. This Sunday we have uh, a devoted Sunday. Yes, or as Chris likes to, Chris shared likes to call it a dedicated Sunday. <laughs> he's about 50-50 on that. You just never know what he's going <laughs> to say. But it's a devoted Sunday. Yep. Um, and we are going to have some family dedications. That's why um, it's confusing for him. That is. I mean, I understand, but we couldn't. Anyway. Family devotions is, is equally confusing. Equally confusing. Mm-hmm. So... Uh, we're going to have some family dedications. There is at least one baptism. I don't know if we're going to... Excuse me. We'll probably... Um, uh, if if we only have one, we will uh, baptize them in the first service and then show the video in the second service. There you go. Um, and then we'll also be taking uh, communion together. Beautiful. So that'll be fun. Yep. I'm excited about... Um, what that's going to be like, but it's also right on the heels of the uh, men's event, so <clears throat> the band's going to be practicing a lot of songs on nice Thursday. It's going to be awesome, super. That's great. Ready for P- Colson to be back? <laughs> yeah, that's going to be a that'd be nice if he's back, huh? I'd be like, that's hey, Colson, if you <clears throat> stand um, at the sound booth and wear a mask, could you come to practice on Thursday? Yeah, we're not, we're not worried about it. I'm not above it, but, um, so we get to talk about. You are going to. I mean, it's always a shorter sermon on uh, dedicate, <laughs> dedicated. Wow. <Sundays>. Uh, <laughs> I'm just saying. I haven't said it from the stage. <laughs> I've just said it to the twelve people listening. That's right. Um, devoted Sunday. We have a, a shorter sermon, but we are going to try to focus on families. That's right. And how families are um, important to how we do church here, right? At South Spring, we have a very—it's not unique. It's not a no. um, a unique idea about um, the role of families or anything like that. But I I do think we are like focused on it in a way that I don't I don't know that I've seen in, in other churches that I've been in. That the church is not supposed to replace the family in, you know, the spiritual education um, of children or in the uh, community aspects um, of what we're doing. Like, 
we're not here to give you events to send your children to. Yeah. So that they hear about Jesus. We are here to equip you as a family to talk about um, loving the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, strength, right, might, whatever. Um, as you sit and as you walk and as you lay down and all of those things. It's, it's, um, it's a wrestling match that we're going to be digging into because the, the family... The family does not replace the church. The church does mm-hmm. not replace the family. Mm-hmm. They have they have overlapping and distinct roles. Both are true. Um, but it is interesting that that God doesn't start in the garden by creating a church. Mm. He starts in the garden by creating a family. And I, I think unpacking from there, but we just have to be careful. We don't ever want to, you know, we don't ever want to fall into the false dichotomy that so right. often is true in preaching and publishing today. It's not that it's listen. You need to pick the church or you need to pick the family. It's that's yeah. silliness. That's a that's not necessary. It's a, um, but often the but there are times when those feel pitted together for us, time wise or something like that. And so, um, yeah, we we encu- what, well, one of the things that we do encourage people to do is is to prioritize the ministry and the family. Mm-hmm. And so like if, if there was a men, a man coming up to me who came up to me this weekend and said, man, I'd really like to come to the men's ministry, but my, I feel like my wife really needs me at home this weekend. What should I do? Or my kids really need me at home this weekend. What should I do? I would say, then you probably need to be at home Stay this at weekend. Home. Yeah. And yeah. that's a, because that's a primary, that, that is a ministry prioritization that I think is super important. And, well, we and I think it's a that living, it, that's a living out of what we're going to talk about. Probably as part yeah. of What we're going to talk about in the men's event is, is ministering to your family right. and to whoever God puts in front of you. Cause we're not all married men. Right. Um, right. But yeah, I mean, that's, I was thinking about that. We were, um, we started our uh, Sunday night classes this past week and um, the posture of worship is a class of uh, my parents and my wife. <laughs> Elizabeth is going to be there, but <laughs> we're thinking about moving it to my parents' house. So, there you go. Um, anyway, um, but anyway, while we were talking about, or while we were actually going through um, the first class, I was like, all these people have come to the, the first time I went through the posture of worship. So we're going to need to do this a little bit differently than we did the first one. Like right. This can't just be the same class over again. And so I'm talking through it, and um, we did a lot of praying and everything like that. And I was like, well, this is this is good because then we can now we can actually, like, apply yeah. the things, and, and it'll be more like a 201 level class or something like that. Um, but that that idea of, like, you can only be in the theoretical for so long. Like you, you need to move past the milk. Right. Um, and, and actually be able to feast on the meat of things. Um, and, and I think that's, that's, that's the goal is for us to, as a church, like we don't, I always feel it, especially in January when we're repeating things that we've said over and over and over again, like it is important for us as the 
ministers in the church to be repeating these things over and over and over again to each other and to ourselves. And um, that's, that is an important thing, but there needs to be growth. And the idea that the, that the church that kind of has to keep repeating things over and over and over again, because new people are coming and because, you know, we forget and all of that, like we drift, like, that there needs to be deeper growth. So small groups are a great way for that to happen. But the most like readily available small group is your family Mm -hmm. or the people that you live with. Um, and to, you know, really, really grateful for my, my wife who has made a concerted effort to create a family of people, um, for our family that are not all red ferns. Um, did I tell you that my uh, kids call uh, Emily? They say that her name is em- Emmy Greer Redfern because <laughs> she's part of our family. Right. And every time I tell them, like, oh, this is your Uncle Steven or, oh, this is your aunt, you know, whoever or something like that, and they're like, what's your last name? Because <laughs> they don't be- – I mean, if it's not Redfern, then I, uh, Daddy's – you're, you know – you're just adding on. You're just, you're just, you're just saying uncle. Everybody's uncle. Like, right? Everybody's uncle's like, no, these people are your family, even if they don't have your last name. Right. Um, and that's just the way we're going to do it. Um, and so. That's cool. Yeah. When you think about, when we think about in the church, I mean, when you think about passages, Bible passages that engage with the conversation of what is the role of the family in the church or even in the mission of the church, like what, what comes to mind? Any jump out? Any jump out at you guys? And you reference Deuteronomy six. Yeah, and I'd, I I would say that I don't know. They just feel like extensions. That you know we have we have passages that tell us how to behave as as members of a family. Okay, like husbands uh, love your wives, um, devote yourselves to um, one another. Uh, be uh love each other deeply for love covers over a multitude of sins um like we we get told how to live with one another as um members of the body of Christ and the people that we do that most intimately with are our family um i don't I'm I'm struggling to find one that's like, oh, as a family, this is how you need to interact with the church. That's not okay. That's not something that's I'm I'm and maybe it, it if it's there, then great, tell me about it. But anything come to mind, Paul? Not necessarily as like the family as the outplaying of the church, but what was coming to mind even when John was talking and when I looked up was kind of again the severity of. You know, like this, this is a serious thing mm-hmm. in God's economy. Um, and I really was going back to even First Timothy 5, 8. Mm-hmm. Um, but if anyone does not provide for his relatives, and especially for members of his household, he has denied the faith and is worse than an unbeliever. Yeah. And I don't think you get much more. That's pretty poignant. poignant. Yeah. 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 Um, and this, this comes after, I guess, back in, it should be chapter 3 somewhere. 
in the qualification of, yeah, qualification of overseers or shepherds. Um, he must manage his household. This is three, four. He must manage his household well with all dignity, keeping his children obedient. For if someone does not know how to manage his own household, how will he care for God's church? Mm. Mm-hmm. And so that tie-in of, again, of, I mean, a qualification for somebody caring for the church is linked with caring for the family. Mm. That how, how do you care for the church? Well, you apparently care for it in the same way that you care for your family. Yeah. That's intriguing. I think that's, and that's important <clears throat> when you, when you, we think about, I don't, I don't know that I think about that in terms of, gosh, it's, it's such a tough thing to think about a man. It, it, the way we apply it here most often is if, if your family is falling apart, mm-hmm. you don't need to be serving in the church. You need to be serving in your in homes your and you may not have time for both. Like that's right. a, that's the, the idea but I don't know that that's a direct application of what Paul was saying there. Like, I think that's right. true. I think that's accurate. I think that's one way of understanding it. But but Paul even seems to be talking about, it's not just about time and priority. It's about qualification. Mm-hmm. If, you, if you lack the ability to shepherd your family, then you, lack the ability. then you lack the ability to shepherd the church. It's not just you lack the margin or the time or the energy. It's that you're lacking something at a deeper level. And that's, that's, man, that's tough. Mm-hmm. That's tough. <laughs> yeah, unpacking that's an interesting conversation. It definitely, I mean, and that, that that's was, weighty. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that on that qualification right there was um, the, was the reason that the senior pastor of the church that I grew up in, that Jill and I grew up in, uh, eventually was asked by the elders to no longer be the pastor of that church and mm-hmm. to step down. Um and and I would say, you know, righteous man, godly man, huge impact on me and and so many in our family, um, and so many at that church who are still at that church. But how the church can compete against the family, yeah, um, for those that are in ministry, and he was doing that. I mean, he was giving priority to the urgent of the church. And he was a founding pastor, started the church. It's I mean, hard not to. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Been in it for 20 plus years. And that was the, t- the toll it took because he wasn't, wasn't able to keep the, the correct kind of, again, priority of, nope, that seems urgent. This doesn't seem as urgent. We can push that aside. I can respond to this. But then that built up over the years. Yeah, and, and there's it, something it, weird. The toll on his family. That I don't, I mean, I didn't know until I was a father. Like, there's, there's a, a weirdness to, like, you know how you get really impatient with your kids um, because Mm-mm. they should know better? No, I don't do that. Okay, well. Um, <laughs> Sorry, just kidding. Anybody out here there that can uh, relate to me, that like <laughs> that feeling of, well, they should know better. I can only say that. I say that because my children don't listen to this podcast. Right. Um, <laughs> they like That like you should know better thing, where does that come from other than the fact that I think that I know better? Right. Um, and so you're like, you're my kids, so you should know better. Right. And it's like, uh, yeah, that, that leads to all sorts of like, well, they, they know this because I know this. Right. And it's like, no, they, they don't like, I actually am starting to have conversations with Micah (laughs) about the way that he perceives just the world in general, because he'll say things that I'm like. 
I have no idea where that came from. Yeah. And it's like, I mean, it's not always really serious stuff, but it's just kind of the way that his brain functions. And I'm like, I need to know that, like, know you better than I do right now. That's interesting, yeah. Um, in order to help you know who Jesus is. It's it's a he- it's it's a heavy thing. But talking about so let's the church and family, what where you know, what are the overlaps? I think they're both a place obviously to live out the gospel. Mm-hmm. They're both a place to practice discipleship. And that's why I'm gonna talk about how, you know, Jesus Jesus he just he integrates the concept of family directly into the faith. I mean he he just he makes them concepts, you know, like Think about what he in the I mean, one of the passages I look at is Matthew twelve, and this is when his mother and brothers come to the come to where he's speaking, mm-hmm. and they they like they want his attention, and and probably given the passage and the implication there, it's it's that he's they're not happy with him, like they're trying to get him to stop doing what he's doing. Yeah, I mean, <clears> some, <throat> he's gone insane. Yeah, and so a man comes and says. Hey, your your mother and brothers are outside, and they want to speak to you right now. Like they're this is urgent, apparently. And yeah. he says, "Who is my mother, and who are my brothers?" And stretching out his hand toward his disciples, he said, "Here are my mother and my brothers. For whoever does the will of my Father in heaven is my mother, is my brother and sister and mother." Mm-hmm. And so now, obviously, we know from the rest of his life, it's not like he at that point abandoned Mary. No. And so it doesn't. It, this doesn't mean, you know, that he was ceased to be a good son right to his family and and brother to his family because again James and Jude are also probably two of the ones who are standing there I um, would imagine I don't there's no reason to believe that they weren't there right and so uh, I mean he, he we know he had four brothers mm-hmm. at least and so uh, you know this one there were at least two of them standing here probably the what well, least that one and so and yet he integrates this concept of I mean family family becomes part of the faith that's why we you know, traditionally call people father so-and-so or, you know, brother, brother. so-and-so or sister so-and-so. And so brother it's, John. it's meant to do that. Um, and you referenced, I think it was two, maybe two weeks ago, and you referenced, again, Mark 10, which yeah. 29, verse 29 says, Jesus said, truly I say to you, there is no one who has left house or brothers or sisters or mother or father or children or lands for my sake and for the gospel. And then 30 continues, who will not receive a hundredfold now in this time houses, brothers, sisters, and mothers, and childrens, and lands with per, with, uh, persecution with persecution in the age to come, eternal life. And and then, again, closing of the, the first shall be last, and the last shall be first. Right. But the flipping of God's economy, again, where he's saying, like, this, this is the actual epitome of family, a family of faith. Right. And so what you may have only one family. Mm-hmm in your your earthly life in a spiritual eternal life you have a hundredfold mm-hmm. you know i just think they're really closely integrated they are i think and that certainly it's, they're supposed to be and i, I it, if nothing else like i think it, it reiterates to me like that we are supposed to be the same people at church as we are with our families oh yeah and i think that's another thing that happens a lot um is just we we get this feeling that like oh gosh we've got to put on a mask and I was actually talking to Leah um, Tioker about this on Sunday night too like that w- we are the same like I am um, having 
having to call my kids out for things that they're doing wrong here at church. And I hope that makes you feel welcome. Right, right. Like you belong because I'm I'm not going to pretend like this isn't happening um or that we're perfect. Um but it it's a it's a good reminder that we need to be that encouragement to one another and we need to um be there for each other. Yeah. Um, as the church, as a family. Be encouraged. <laughs>